Thank you so much for joining The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I am your host, Sharon Feckety, the author of The Broken Road to Mental Health in Life and in Business. I hope you will go on Amazon and purchase the book or download it on Audible and listen to the book so you can get some more insight as to why I decided to start this podcast show a few years ago and continue the conversation. You're going to hear from professionals. You're going to hear from people with lived experience, those that struggle with anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation. Uh, You're going to listen to people that have recovered. Uh, You're going to hear resources about how you can navigate through this broken road to mental health and life in a business. And you will certainly be hearing me talk about the importance of having this discussion in business today. That is what I speak about at conferences, and I hope that you will take it seriously. We need to speak more about mental health in the workplace. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please be sure to tell somebody you know that might be struggling to subscribe, to listen, to watch and share it with others. You are not alone on this broken road to mental health. Hello, everybody, and welcome back or welcome to the broken road to mental health. Uh, Today, I have a friend in TikTok with me. (laughs) I love TikTok. Um, So we are going to have a great conversation with Jonathan Friedman, who is the president and the co-founder of the journal that talks back. Mm-hmm. which I'm very excited to learn more about along with the audience today. Um, but before we do that, I always want to know the why of why you do what you do today. So Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Sharon. Super excited and uh, yeah, happy to jump right into the why. Um, so basically um, when I was 17, um there were two things that happened in my life. Number one, I noticed that I started feeling hot all the time, just like burning, like literally it felt like under my skin, somebody had a frying pan with, you know, brown browning butter going uh, delicious, <laughs> but a scary feeling. Um, and then at the same time, I had my first job working at a summer camp where I worked with a young um, child who had a diagnosis of autism. Mm. And the, the the fact that they would throw me into working in a child and youth care role without having any experience, um, you know, having to teach communication, having to deal with physical behaviors is wild. Is, um, it but, is wild. Yes. But, and uh, common. <laughs> yes. Um, but they threw me in. Uh, I had that experience. I went to business school the following year. I flunked out of business school. And I thought, what can I do if business school is not going to work for me? Um, And I remembered my psychology courses and I thought that's interesting. So I transferred to um, a child and youth counseling program um, and started working right away, pretty much like 60, 70, 80 hours a week, working with uh, adults with a primary diagnosis of autism. And at the same time, my burning is getting worse. I'm shaking all the time and working as a child and youth counselor, like it's a bit of an anxiety provoking field. So there's that. And then... I started going to see doctors and I grew up as like in a fairly not super religious Jewish environment, but moderately religious Jewish environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Half my family is from Morocco. Um, The other half are Holocaust survivors and mental health, especially for men, is something that doesn't exist. So I'm burning. I'm going to doctor after doctor. They either say that I have menopause 
or that I might have a thyroid, like a serious thyroid issue. And the menopause joke got kind of old after a while, but was that real? Like for real, for real. They're more like, than one, more than one doctor, like four of them. Holy shit. Holy men, shit. <laughs> uh, men and women, every, everybody. Um, Fantastic. So I'm going to these doctors, I'm getting ultrasounds. I'm, I live in Toronto, Ontario. It's cold out here. Um, and I'd be out in minus 30 degrees going to school, uh, wearing shorts and a t-shirt and just like sweating through my shirt. Um, finally, after about a year of going for these tests and working and going to school, um, I see an endocrinologist, uh, a hormone doctor, basically. Um, and they said, Jonathan, you either have this very rare disorder that occurs in 0.0001% of men, or I have a hunch that you have anxiety. And I'm like, what? He said, you have anxiety. Go talk to a therapist. And if it doesn't work and you still have the symptoms, come back to me in a year. Like I'll, I'll happily take a look. You know, having that specific very rare disorder would have been good for him to do some research on basically. Right. Yeah. Thank God for endocrinologists. Thank God for endocrinologists. Mm -hmm. So I started going to therapy. Um, and how old were you then? Uh, here I'm 18, 19. Okay. Um, and lo and behold, it's working. I feel hot, not because I feel hot, but I feel hot because I'm raising my hand in class mm -hmm. or I'm worried about like starting a new job and people judging me. I'm mm -hmm. worried about going on dates. I'm worried mm -hmm. about all the stuff. And mm -hmm. I have this fire going on in my head, which I feel very physically. And I thought, this is very interesting. This mm -hmm. is like, there's a function to the problems and it's all in my thinking. Mm. At the same time, my stepmom is an executive coach and she said, Jonathan, I think coaching will also be good for you. And I said, sure. Are you going to hook me up stepmom? And she <laughs> said, yes. Uh, because, you know, uh, with a child and youth counselor salary, affording an executive coach would be complex yes. um, and paying rent and all of that. So I started doing that, started going to therapy and I'm becoming like the master of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was a youth worker for nine years, um, kind of burnt out, not because of the kids, but because of an organization I was working with, I joined forces with my stepmom more in a marketing capacity at first, but then we always thought, how do we make coaching accessible for young people who can't afford $8,000 for coaching? And we Perfect. thought, what if we use sort of text therapy as a model and bring it to coaching? So we invented the journal that talks back. We launched it, um, at the end of. COVID, middle of COVID, basically 2021. And uh, basically, uh, we have intake calls to make sure coaching is a good fit for each client. If not, I'll refer them personally, therapists or things like okay, that. Okay, before we get there. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay. No, because I'm, I'm totally down with the story. Yeah. Um, I want to just go back to the anxiety for a moment. Yes. So now you are, you're getting therapy yourself for anxiety. It's yep. working. You're still burning, but maybe not in fuego. I don't know what. So, what did you do for yourself personally to navigate through this anxiety? If you don't mind sharing with us, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, there's this idea in cognitive behavioral therapy called the hot thought, basically, mm -hmm. and those hot thoughts are the triggers. And at first, you think to yourself when you're going through therapy, like. Oh yeah, the trigger is I feel anxious. 
but no, the trigger is when I raise my hand, I start to feel this burning. And as a result of that, this happens. So mm. you sort of go through the antecedent, what happens before the anxious event, the behavior, what happens during for me, that's sweating, it's tunnel vision, I might become irritable, you know, sometimes I'd have a meltdown. And then the consequence of that, like, how do I, like, what happens after? Do I go for a walk? Do I engage in a not healthy or self-destructive behavior? And you sort of track that over time. And journaling is a great tool to do that. Mm. Um, And so I would start to notice these patterns. Again, for me, it's like raising my hand in class, social events. Mm. So I would start to build in things before social events, like going to the gym like a fiend. Um, Mm. I'm a musician. Um, if, if, if I don't fit the stereotype enough, um, <laughs> but, um, I scream in a metal band at one point I play guitar. So I'd engage in a lot more of that kind of self-care as well. I joined a few more bands and started building in a lot more self-care into my day. That way, when I would show up at an event that would make me anxious, I was already like halfway prepared. Uh-huh. And then I'd always have sort of a Uh, an anxiety toolbox that I'd have with me that way if I need to take a break I can go for a walk and listen to music with my good headphones that go over my ears that way it feels the pressure um I would have like if I felt anxious before an event I would message a friend and say hey I feel like shit today um I'm going to this event but is it cool like are you going to be free around eight o'clock if I need to talk to somebody nice Um, those kind of things I would put into place um so that way, one, I'd be prepared. And then two, if there was an emergency and I was really, really struggling, I'd have um, those tools available to me as well. Jonathan, who taught you these tools? Therapy. Um, Great. My other yeah. question is you made no mention of um, medicine and you've yet to make any mention of um, marijuana maintenance. Yep. So I'm curious if that has come into your, what I like to call my mental health workout. Yeah. So um, when I first started this journey, I'm not opposed to medication for myself Mm -hmm. at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not, I'm a youth worker. I'm a counselor. I'm a coach. Like talk to a doctor if medication is something you want to have the conversation about. Um, Medication came up if to me as something where, try therapy. And if things are really hard, let's also talk about medication. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm always going to therapy. I'm always having coaching. And for me, that regimen works really well. Uh, in terms of marijuana, I have, um, I have asthma. Mm-hmm. Um, so smoking joints or things like that does not work for me at all. <laughs> and I've had a couple really terrible edible experiences. So for me, that kind of um, doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's a, a lot of working out a lot of like, um, like I've, um, I have a coach that I always have. I have a therapist on standby, although like I engage with my therapist for years at a time as well. Um, mm-hmm. and that's worked really well for me, but a hundred percent, it's like different strokes for different folks. Yes. Uh, talk to well, I asked that yeah. question and I find myself when somebody asked me, yep. Qualifying by saying, I'm not opposed to medication, you know, whatever works for you and all those things. But I am always happy to hear when somebody, what it comes down to, Jonathan, I feel like at this stage is getting the right help. Yeah, absolutely. 
You know, I feel um, a, a blessing in disguise. I was put on 20 milligrams of Prozac when I was 21 years old because my um, uh, psychiatrist told me that I had a chemical imbalance. So I was told the story that I believed because he had an MD after his name. And I was thankfully with um, my father's EAP counselor, employee assistance program. So I had a therapist that helped wean me off because he too was in recovery from um, addiction. So I felt like I had this team of experts from the get, right? Yeah. So me too, I always, you know, there's no judgment. We're in a no judgment zone on this broken road to mental health. Absolutely. But I do think that it is a very, very important point to bring out that when you are put in with the right help from the beginning, you have a greater shot at incorporating what you already discussed to help with your anxiety. You know how little times I hear people say what you just said when people have anxiety that you, you go to the gym a lot, you know, and that you, you already know, and you have somebody on call that you can like, that's like us in, in recovery with 12 steps. Like I always know I can call a handful of people if I need support. Yeah. Um, so it's really refreshing to hear that. So I wanted to just, you know, stop there and kind of illuminate on how wonderful it is that you were one of the lucky ones to kind of fall into the right help. And how long have you been practicing this now? How many years? Uh, I'm 29 now. So basically uh, 10 years, T 10 years since my, uh, my, my menopause, basically. <laughs> my God, I can't, <laughs> I just can't, you know, and when you were describing the heat, I, I immediately started thinking about my childhood. Yeah. About how I, I sweat a lot as a young girl, but you know, I was just told it was hormones and, and it, it probably was a little bit, but I'm sure there was a lot of anxiety. My parents used to have to come to my first grade and bring a, bring pictures of themselves and picture and like a, a little stuffed animal. So I wouldn't freak out, but nobody called that anxiety, Jonathan. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really only it's it's really interesting. And we were you mentioned, you know, that you love TikTok and it's there's this really interesting thing, really interesting thing going on where like me growing up, like these things just didn't exist and I I'm a 90s kid. Like so mm -hmm. I can only imagine it was a lot worse before. And yes. now on TikTok, we have all of these people just like, yeah, if you do this, you probably have ADHD. And it's a bit of a double-edged sword because not every all the information you hear is correct. Right. We suddenly have this large group of people with a billion people on TikTok every day who have access to mental health information and have access 100%. to other people's stories. And again, double-edged sword, but I think it's really, really powerful that we're making this correction, kind of mm. moving to a place where... Like, I'll give you an example. I was a guitar teacher while I was a youth worker. Mm -hmm. And I would work with a lot of times, a lot of my students would be like five or six years old. And those parents, that new generation of parents were would ask me like, Oh, yeah, like my kid is anxious. Do you think they have anxiety? I'm like, again, I'm a youth counselor. I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose. But like, here are the things you want to look out for. And here are the conversations you want to have with these kinds of people. And the floodgates are starting to open with this kind of information. And I'm really uh, excited about that. It's a I'm thing. excited too. You're our only hope. 
Yes. And really. <laughs> oh, <God>. So <laughs> let's make a plea that they don't ban TikTok. But of course, yeah. we already heard this one time when Trump was, you know, president. And let's just hope, especially because Ted Lasso was just at now I feel like having this conversation with you and knowing that the cast of Ted Lasso was just at the White House. And I know you're in Canada here in the States, right? Like they want to ban it, but they just brought a whole team of people that are helping in a more modern way to break the barriers and have these open conversations about mental health. And truly like TikTok is a, everything has its good and its bad, right? Yep. Everything. But man, oh man, there is a great resource for young adults to get the help that they need quicker. So Jonathan, thank you for sharing all that with me. I appreciate yep. it. Can you now tell us about this wonderful company that you've started, the journal that talks back? Yeah, absolutely. And sorry for jumping the gun there. No, I'm uh, happy. I'm happy to have stopped you, Jonathan. Perfect. I'm glad. <laughs> um, so essentially, um, my stepmom has run an executive coaching company for about 18 years, and she's always used journaling in between her calls. Mm. So the idea is you don't have to wait for a week to talk to your person. And I really like that idea because if you think about it, even with therapy or coaching or counseling or traditional like methods of those things, you might have an appointment one once every week, once every two weeks. And it's unlikely that you're having an anxiety attack or that you're really struggling in that moment. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, when you take your car to the mechanic and then suddenly everything's working, but mm -hmm. there's all that time in between that you're driving on the highway and you're like, Oh no, this is scary, right? Um, so I thought, what if we took that idea of coaching, coaching through journaling, and made that the whole modality? Mm. So we basically have an intake call with coming clients, um, make sure that coaching is a good fit, because coaching isn't a good fit for everyone. Sometimes you're in a time where therapy makes better sense. Mm -hmm. And um, I do all of our intake calls, so I help people uh, like go through resources and make decision that makes sense for them at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a team of nine coaches, so I match each incoming client with their own coach. Um, and then as a user, you get to track your mood, sleep, stress, like every other mood tracking app out there. You can journal to prompts or not to prompts. And your coach will read and respond to every journal within 24 hours. So there's no appointments, no phone calls. It's just all through journaling. And that's mm -hmm. not the best for some people, but for a lot of people, it's really cool. So um, and we charge $200 US a month, um, as opposed to $200 per appointment. So you have 24 seven access to your person for the cost of one appointment, essentially. Um, okay, slow down again, hold up. Let's let's talk to yeah. me like I'm two years old, because this is a, a very new, um, very exciting way to uh, do therapy to, you know, in, in my eyes, maybe this exists somewhere else. But can you just really explain like, so I get off this call with you, Jonathan, and I'm yeah. a client and I decide to journal about this. My journal, obviously it's done digitally. I'm yep. typing it in, not like the old school journaling that we did, me being 50 me um, growing up. Yeah. And then somebody reads it. And then what happens? So they read it and they respond to it. So let's say you're writing a journal about, I went on this date and I had this anxiety attack and I just left the date. <laughs> like, like I didn't say bye I, or I kind of texted them later, said, I'm so sorry. Can we meet mm -hmm. again? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then as your coach, I would talk about, okay, yes, you had an anxiety attack. Thanks for sharing that. What happened before? What happened during? Like, what did that anxiety attack feel like? How did you feel during the day leading up to it? What were, like, were your shoulders up to here going into the date? Maybe we have a history of really toxic relationships and coming into a new relationship. That's really scary. Right. Um, so that journal about, hey, I had an anxiety attack and I noped the hell out of that date can actually open up a lot of really important conversations. I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor, Valley Bank. To know that we have a bank that thinks so much about mental health in the workplace has made me so proud. Valley Bank is my bank for business and has been since the day I opened 10 years ago. When I was introduced to them, I was told that I was going to really like everybody that worked for the bank. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out they were right. I like everybody that works there. They are good people, nice people, and they care about others. They care about the community. But the thing I am most proud of is how they are welcoming the conversation about mental health in the workplace into their bank and willing to take that risk and talk about it in our community. Valley Bank is definitely forging the way in business to open up this conversation. If it wasn't for my father's employee assistance program back in the day, 28 years ago, I would not be on this podcast today. It just goes to show when you offer these resources to your company and to your team, Miracles can happen. I am one of them. So Valley Bank not only offers an employee assistance program to their staff and their team members, but they also send out these great vitality monthly communications, bi-weekly wellness resources, and they're willing to sponsor a podcast that is about mental health in life and in business. So if you have not connected with Valley Bank, I highly recommend you do. And what's interesting about journaling is people often go stream of consciousness mm. and just kind of write. Yeah. Um, and then as a coach, we're really good at looking at that information, that data and saying, okay, question this, 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 and this, let's break it down. And we sort of have like a back and forth. Mm. Um, On like a, does it look, does it feel like a text chat? Are you chatting or are you emailing? Like, what does that really look like? It's, the look and feel is in between uh, a text thread and Gmail. And the reason we went okay. with that is so when you send a text, it always feels like you want to send a short um, mm -hmm. message. Just like yeah. when you see that bubble, if you see a long bubble, it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I got to pull over to read that one. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I, I, I hope you do. I hope we pull over for all the text messages. Yes. yes. Let's let, let's uh, clarify. Um. But with an email, like you're, we're more used to seeing the longer um, uh, yeah. message. Mm -hmm. So we look and feel we went for an in-between of those two. Um, so it's not instant. You'll always get a response within 24 hours. Most of the time, it's a lot sooner. But um, people journal about their anxiety, about their relationships, about their careers, about their finances, about imposter syndrome. Um, mm -hmm. These are kind of the... Um, the most frequent topics, I would say. Mm. Um, so we're not like clinicians, we're not psychologists, but if anxiety is impeding you from work or doing well in your relationship, it's a big mm. part of our conversation as well.
Yeah. I could see how this could really, really work. You know, I was thinking about how the first time it was introduced to me about this type of, I don't know what the name of the company is, but it's like a text therapy. Yep. And I had, I have, I guess I have had, I have a family member that I, I knew just wouldn't go to in-person and, you know, millennial. And maybe yep. if I paid for, like, I bought a gift of this type of therapy. And I thought that's what he would do. I thought he would love it because he was mm -hmm. having issues in a relationship and never did it. Never once did it. But I think that there are so many people that love to write and it's, it's very freeing. It's, you know, I mean, my own book was, um, reliving my entire trauma <laughs> and, yeah. and realizing I still had more healing to do. Like that was an impetus of getting more help and helping others, but really, and truly the writing is very, um, cathartic. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, again, some people prefer having like the verbal yeah. conversation and that's mm -hmm. totally cool. Like different totally. strokes are different strokes, different yes. tools in the toolbox. Um, but for some people, like let, uh, let's take another example. Um, an individual who struggles with agoraphobia or fear of going outside. The act of having to get out of your house, go onto a subway car to get to your therapist might be a huge task and will require a lot of behavioral intervention earlier on. And not to say mm. that's not the way to do it. In a lot of cases, it is. But if you have a way to connect with your professional mm -hmm. without having to do that, that could be a really, really great in-between step to sort of start to untease a lot of what's going on mm -hmm. um, before jumping to it. Or if you're struggling with depression and really struggling to get out of bed that day, that shouldn't be a reason you need to skip therapy. If you yeah. can be in your bed and text, that's a lot more accessible. Um, so I, and we're starting to see this. There is some text therapists coming out there. There is a lot more digital solutions coming out, especially since COVID. And I think that's a fantastic thing. I'm yeah. hoping that like there's a million of us all doing this that way. There's like all of these options. That yes. Way. Because one size does not fit all. Everybody no. needs something that works for them, right? So I'm excited about it. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody got to hear that when we first started this conversation today that you thought I was, you know, a mental health counselor. You have the voice, though. It's very oh, good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I have been in recovery for a long time, but I, I don't. But I also work with physicians. And I think what is so ironic, I'm, if you haven't had the question asked of you already, I would hope that when somebody says, you know, but you're not a, a psychologist or a doctor, I hope the answer would be, well, I was diagnosed with potential menopause versus anxiety by a doctor, but thank you for asking. So, um, but seriously, I really think that I, cause I will prescribe, right. It's like a joke. I just like I do at my doctors, I write their prescription for business yeah. because I help them navigate through their businesses um, for anybody that is looking to get some type of help. And because of this book and because of this podcast, I have been able to hear of so many different resources, right? What was open for me when I was 21, you know, the internet didn't exist. So I was the youngest alcoholic in a room full of 70 year old men, right? That yeah. was my reality. 
although it wasn't, um, I wasn't excited to be there, to be quite honest, it's, it saved my life for sure, but it has also opened up many other resources and channels. And to hear today that people are finally starting to understand that it is not one size fits all for everybody, that what works for this one absolutely does not work for this one. So we have to be more individual. And you brought up so many great points about, you know, even I never understood why people wouldn't come to Alcoholics Anonymous because they were, they didn't like the whole God thing that was, you know, said in the meetings until I started talking to people that had religious trauma. I was like, oh, (laughs) okay, thanks. Check. And now I know. And like you had mentioned, I, I highly recommend you following Jonathan on TikTok, which you will tell the handle right now. It's a, am I the bleep? Am I the asshole? Yes, but it is. Am I the bleep? And it is so good. And what you are getting is feedback, right? It's just like, if you want to know how good a product is or how great a service is, read the comments of what people are saying, right? I'm quite sure that you have found some fascinating information just by these points that you're bringing up. So can you talk a little bit through your your TikTok page and what you do on that page? Yeah, so basically when I first started the business, we knew TikTok would be kind of a really important thing. Our target demographic is you know, young professionals and also making mental health information more accessible. So initially I was going on every day being like, Hey, you know, if you're struggling with anxiety, here's like five things you can do like to get out of bed or like, here's five things you can do. And nobody's watching this. Like nobody right. cares. And then, uh, my coworker, I, I had stumbled upon a podcast called uh, two hot takes where people were doing the thing where they read, am I the asshole on Reddit sharing mm-hmm. their opinions. And while it's very good and very entertaining, a lot of the information, like they're not breaking down why people do this stuff or like how they can be coachable. No, these are just like damaged people who are the asshole. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, it's fun to say somebody's the asshole, but also if we were coaching those people, if somebody was working with that individual, how would they get from there, from that assholery to here and being, you know, like having more productive conversations, having healthier relationships. So on TikTok, um every day i post at least a few um am i the asshole stories and it opens up some really interesting conversations in the comments uh quite often i post an analysis after that i do lives three times a week as well where i kind of break down uh, what's going on underneath the hood with a lot of the posts and i also have the podcast am i the belief where me and my uh one of our coaches but also he's a doctor uh Mm -hmm. dr john uh, so we're both jonathan's jonathan's in crime (laughs) <laughs> and um, and we go through these posts and sort of break down what's going on underneath the hood. Maybe somebody is having, you know, didn't tell their girlfriend they're doing something because they're not good at communication, but it could be they were anxious and didn't know how to deal with something in that moment. Mm. Right? So we want to sort of tease apart those things and do kind of what you're doing as well, where we're just by having the conversation, we're working to end stigma. Um, And then in our show, we sort of like talk about strategy and coaching and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, Uh, it's it's wonderful. No, I love it. I was, I was down the rabbit hole on your TikTok page and I thought, yeah, I mean, this is really, and if my general, I feel very lucky, right? Because I, um, although I am 50, 
I don't feel that way. And I choose not to surround myself with people that think like my age group and older because I've learned so much more from the generations coming up. I feel like there are only hope. I feel very strongly about the fact that today we can be more open and, you know, the only way to normalize the conversation surrounding mental health is to actually say the words and to talk about it and to give people a, a safe space to share and a bunch of resources, right? Like, and I will tell you that even in my, um, my business world, I have been on a quest to find, cause I speak at conferences, right? So I'll go and I'll speak about mental health in the workplace. I'll talk about employee assistance mm -hmm. programs. And I realize that not everybody can afford that. Not every company can afford to bring on an employee. So what are the resources? I don't want just an app. It's not enough for me. Um, mostly because I have lived experience, right? Like I, and I talk to many people that are in the same situation. So to find um, something that is kind of for everybody is difficult. So to offer resources, in my opinion, just like you mentioned, like you're, there's so many things out there. You, you don't have to be the end all for everybody, but nope. you are the answer for a lot of people that, that struggle with exactly what you just mentioned. Like I would have, yeah, in my deep, dark depression, the last thing I wanted to do was leave my bed. Yeah. I wanted to leave the earth through magic, through my bed without doing anything, but I did not want to get up. So what a great resource that would have been for just me personally. And we both know that there are so many people today that struggle. So to have um, the resources that you do is fantastic. Jonathan, is there anything else that you want to leave with the audience before we wrap it up today? And I will include all of in the show notes, how to link with Jonathan and his great company. I'd love to have your Jonathan friend come on yeah. this show too, to continue yeah. the conversation, because I do believe that the more resources we offer to people, the, the more chance we have to just help that one person that might be watching or listening. Yeah. And uh, the more Jonathan's, the better, right? Yes. Um, so we have actually a few different initiatives we're running right now. Um, so one, we have the journal that talks back. So even if you just want to have that call with me at the beginning to help navigate resources, uh, there's a book or call button, uh, and I'll see you there. Um, also, of that $200 a month per person per month per client, uh, $5 goes into a bucket called the Pay It Forward Fund, where we mm -hmm. help people who can't otherwise afford coaching to afford coaching. Mm -hmm. um, so if affordability is an issue, you can also have that call. Um, also, we have a mental health directory on our website. Uh, we're almost, I think we have 600 resources on there now, and I'm dealing with some tech problems to get us to 1,000. But um, it looks kind of like a car dealership website where you can kind of search, um, you know, by mileage, by color. Um, okay. And here you can search by, you know, is it BIPOC friendly? Is it LGBTQ plus friendly? Um, is it counseling, coaching, therapy? What's the price point on it? That kind of thing. Mm. Um, and also we opened up a shop um, called the shop that talks back appropriately named um, mm. where we take $5 per clothing item. They're really comfy and um, donate that to a rotating charity. Right now we're donating to Sickett's Hospital in Toronto, 
And then $5 per sale also goes to the pay it forward fund to help afford uh, coaching for other people. So there's different mm -hmm. ways to get involved. Um, you can check us out on TikTok and join the fund there too. And I might the bleep. And um, that's all the plugging I can do. <laughs> well, I love it. And, you know, I already, I'm going to ask you, has your company been a success? Now we already know that it is a success because you are helping people. Mm -hmm. That is a given. So have you been able to have a, a successful company financially so you can do what you love while you are helping people? Yeah. So we're getting there. We're in startup yeah. mode. Uh, we're working yeah. primarily B2B. So we are working with companies who bring us in for their employees, but also yeah. B2C comes in um, as well. Uh, we're in an accelerator right now to raise a sort of a seed round. Mm -hmm. um, so we're bootstrapping mm -hmm. and we're doing this as well. So there's kind of both methods. Uh, mm -hmm. We're at a year and a bit right now um, coming into this recession and everything. So we're going to do our best to make it out the other end and mm. hopefully even a little bit of a better place. Mm. Um, but I think I was reading an article and as anxious as like, like running the show makes me like, everything is my fault for better or for worse. <laughs> right. Um, but one thing that I was reading was that if you're able to get through like this kind of economic state as a business, it means like that business is built for resilience and longevity. So it's a test. It's hard, but uh, I'm excited to see it through. Yeah, well, me too. And I'm cheering for you. So everybody, so please um, be sure to check out this company. I think it's so fantastic. I will be sure to share with others about it. Are you open to people in the United States? Yep. Uh, North America is, is more than welcome. Uh, we do have <laughs> coaches in English and in French currently. Nice. Um, as we grow, we hope to include other languages as well. The goal is always accessibility. Um, but yeah, uh, Wonderful. feel free to give us a call. And if we're a good fit, we'll make it happen. All right. Uh, so that's at the journal that talks back.com. Love it. All right, everybody check it out. It'll be in the show notes. So just click. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much, Sharon. Don't forget to check out Valley Bank for all your banking needs. They are supporting mental health in the workplace and beyond. Thank you, Valley.